Welcome to the Mount Olive Baptist Church podcast. I'm Pastor Carl Stokes. We appreciate you being here today with us. Our desire is to preach the Word of God effectively and clearly so that you can understand God's desire for you in your life. Turn with me in your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians 13. Today is a day that a lot of people will think about love and will uh, focus about on love, uh, mainly because uh, today is a day that is uh, probably closest to uh, Valentine's Day and, and everybody all of a sudden begins to think about love on Valentine's Day. Let me, let me just tell you, if you're not thinking about love before Valentine's Day, Thinking about love on Valentine's Day doesn't help too much. Uh, it might tick, uh, it might uh, uh, tick off a uh, responsibility to make sure that it, alongside of uh, remembering your anniversary and your and your spouse's birthday and all that kind of stuff, but uh, uh, to to only think about love this time of the year is is a, a tragedy. It is a uh, uh, it is a missing of all that love means and love holds. So we come today to uh, a day in which we focus on love and we think about love and and uh, what greater uh, place to look than in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. This is uh, Paul's hymn of love. It is a... Uh, it is, uh, the writing that Paul has made that is uh, a rhythmical beauty. It is a dramatic tone and a rich in imagery and shares all of, of what Paul is trying to convey to the church at Corinth about the importance of who they are and about why it's important to, uh, uh, to not focus on the things that they got distracted by. And, and if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians, uh, uh, chapter 12 and chapter 14 uh, deal with a, a great problem that the church at Corinth is going through. They're having difficulty because they want to uh, try and, and set a hierarchy within the church based on uh, what people are able to uh, to do what people are able to to accomplish, and this love chapter comes in the midst of Paul sharing with them in chapter twelve about the gifts of the Spirit and how uh, there are more than just one gift, but there are many gifts. And he talks about how uh, everybody can't have the same gift. Everybody can't have the same responsibility within the church. And then in chapter 14, he goes into great detail about how to utilize those gifts and how to make the most of those gifts and how to, uh, to implement those gifts within the body of Christ. And so right in the middle of those two chapters of talking about the importance of many all the gifts and the and and in the midst of talking about how to use those gifts Paul all of a sudden screeches on the brakes and plants this chapter about love in between the two and there's a reason for that and that is, is that uh, Paul's desire to share with them about the importance of love and how love is essential 
that, that uh, essential to utilizing these gifts. Look with me at this chapter, chapter 13. It's, it's a very short chapter, only 13 verses. And let's familiarize ourselves for a moment with this. It says, Though I speak with uh, uh, the tongues of man and of angels, and I have not charity. Uh, the, the King James uses charity, but it, it's really... Uh, love. Uh, if you don't have love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can move mountains and have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to, the, uh, to be burned and have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love envieth not and cherish, uh, and love vaulteth not itself. It's not puffed up. It does not behave itself unseemly, seeking not her own, and it is not easily provoked thinketh no evil, rejoices not in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. But whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. And whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. For we know in part, and we prophesy in part, but when that which is perfect is come, then that which is in part shall be done away. When I was a child, I spake as a child, and I understood as a child, and I thought as a child, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. For now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then shall I know even as also I am known. And now abideth faith, hope, and love, but the greatest of these is love. Love. The Corinthians were seeking to have the gifts of God that were showy, that were able to be seen, that were... Uh, vaunted and, and lifted up. They were, uh, everybody wanted in the church to have the, the gift of tongues. And Paul is trying to help them to understand that everyone can't have the gift of tongues. And if you have the, uh, if you speak in tongues, then it has to have a purpose. It can't just simply be a way of, of verifying the, the fact that the Spirit is upon you. We have people to this day that still uh, have a contention with this issue within their church. They feel as though if you uh, uh, haven't uh, been able to express the gift of the Spirit of tongues, that then you're possibly you're not a, a Christian. That possibly you're not being used of God. Possibly you're not... Uh, uh, a child of God. And Paul is saying, look, that's not the only gift that there is. Everybody can't have the gift of tongues. It's just one of many. But here in this 
chapter, chapter 13, he's saying, look, even if you do have the gift of tongues, if you have the ability to prophesy, if you have the ability to speak eloquently, but you don't have love within your heart, if you don't have love, the love of God, the love of God that fills your life, then all of those things are useless. They're like a little uh, brass uh, uh, bell going off. Just tinkles and it doesn't make much significance. He says you have to have the love of God. You have to be... All the, uh, the, the gifts of the Spirit are, are couched in this love that God has expressed and that we are to express as well. And let me tell you something today. Love is insignificant in the world if it's not God's love, if it's not a godly love. And all the things that you can do, you can build a thousand ramps for people that are handicapped. You can go and, and scrub floors for those that are, uh, that are having difficulty and can't do for themselves. You can mow a, a thousand lawns. You can cut trees back and you can do all kinds of things to help people. You can go and, and be Mother Teresa and, and tend to the poor and tend to the dying and tend to those who are sick. But if you don't have God's love in your life, it's, it's senseless. It's useless. If you don't have the love of God displaying in your life and, and paramount in your life, then it's nothing. And Paul is trying to help the people in Corinth to understand the importance of this love. It's not the showy gifts. It's not the gifts that bring glory and adoration to a person. Uh, that, that's not the emphasis. Paul is trying to emphasize that none of the gifts were effective without the atmosphere of love, of God's love. These people had become selfish. They had become proud in their ability to, to do things uh, in the Spirit of God. They had become selfish and wanting more and more so that people would notice that they had uh, this gift or that gift. You have people that are uh, to this day that are still doing things like that. They, they uh, go about it in different ways. It's manifest in different ways, but people put out things to try and make it look like they have such great wisdom and, and they try and share things, but you can tell they have no wisdom because uh, they, they either aren't using their own words and they're not sharing things that, that, uh, that they have been blessed to, to understand and learn and grow and they're just simply mouthing the words of other people and it doesn't mean anything to them because it makes no sense when they share it. Or they, they share things that mean nothing. They're just saying words to puff themselves up, to, to exonerate themselves, to, to, to show uh, how important they are. Paul is trying to say to them, that they had done the unthinkable. And people still do it today. They've perverted the gifts of God. And in their perversion, they had, uh, they had uh, ultimately brought a curse to the name of Jesus Christ. People that try and, and, and use... You know, all these gifts and try and show themselves to be important and try and show how 
uh, wonderful they are, but lack love in their life, they perverse the gift of God. Galatians chapter 5, verse 22 is where uh, uh, we see a list of the fruits of the Spirit. It says over there, it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace, long suffering, gentleness, goodness and faith, meekness and temperance. Against such there is no law. Paul points out that the first of these fruits is love. Without love, there's nothing else. Romans chapter 13, Paul talks about how all the law is fulfilled in love. All that that the people of Israel had been striving to do, all the things that they had been trying to strive to in order to follow the law, Paul says, look, love fulfills all the law. John chapter 13, Jesus said to His disciples that by this would all men know that you are My disciples, that you have what? Love for one another. Love is a distinctive characteristic. It is a a demonstration of of the, the presence of God in your life. You can't be a disciple of Jesus Christ without the love of God being present in your life. And Paul makes it plain that where you have love, then everything else follows. Joy and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faithfulness, all of these things follow the first requirement. And that is love. The love of God. You see, that's the, the purest form of love. Agape love. In, in a uh, Greek language, there was several different terms for love. There was the agape uh, that clearly demonstrates the love of God. And then you had other forms, uh, words for love like eros and phileo. Uh, they were other distinctions. Eros was the type of love that a man has with his wife. And phileo is brotherly love, but Agape, agape is the love that is a godly love. The love that is spoken about here in chapter 13. Love is the controlling reality in all spiritual ministry. We can't be a church and function as a body of Christ without love. The Corinthians were trying to have their gifts of the Holy Spirit without the fruit of the Spirit. They were trying to carry on... uh, uh, this ministry that they were doing in uh, the body of Christ in a selfish and carnal way. They were trying to uh, do these things without God's love. Anything without God's love is useless. That's the whole message of chapter 13. And Paul points out here a really important fact that we need to understand. Having a spiritual gift does not guarantee that you are an obedient follower of Jesus Christ. Nor does it mean that you will have a positive uh, impact on the body of Christ. 
Having a spiritual gift means that God has blessed you with that gift and enabled you to to accomplish certain tasks within the body of Christ, but it doesn't mean that you're always faithful to God, always obedient to God, always having a positive impact. Without God's love, without love being evident in your life, It's senseless and useless. Look what he says. He says, though I speak with tongues. uh, And when he says tongues here, he's talking about languages. He's not talking about uh, simply babbling in in incoherent uh, languages that nobody knows. He says, uh, and and what this is, is it's a reference back to... uh, uh, and the reason that tongues was so important was is that was uh, the first thing that the world saw when the Spirit of God fell on the disciples was in the second chapter of Acts when they were there at Pentecost and they were there with all of these people from all over the world and, and God's Spirit fell on them and, and they went out and began to, to share the message of Jesus Christ with all those people from all over the world. And... For those people that knew them, it sounded like they were just babbling because uh, what it was is they were speaking in different languages to all those different people so that the gospel message could be carried around the world. And so that was why it was uh, became such an important gift within the churches because they thought uh, that uh, that was a sure sign that the Spirit of God had fallen on a person. And he says, even though I speak with all of these different ability to speak all these different languages and speaking in tongues of men and of angels and have not love, I am become as a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. He says, if I don't have the love of God in my life, I can do all kinds of things. I can speak to all these different languages. I can speak uh, in... uh, the tongues of men and of angels, but if I don't have God's love, if I don't have the Spirit of God demonstrating His love in my life, and I'm not demonstrating the presence of God, he says, I'm nothing more than an annoying little tinkling brass or cymbal. He says, and, and even though if I have the ability to, to share prophecy and understand all kinds of mystery, and that means wisdom and all knowledge, and have uh, all faith so that I can remove mountains. He says, if I, don't have, if I don't demonstrate love, he says, I am nothing. Nothing. The gifts of the Spirit must function with the fruit of the Spirit. He says, I I, I can do all these things and if I don't have the fruit of the Spirit of love in my life, it's nothing. Why? Why is the fruit of the Spirit of love so important in my life? Because you can't have the Spirit of love, God's Spirit of love without walking in the Spirit. You can't walk, uh, you can't have the love of God without walking in His love. It's a demonstration of of being obedient and faithful to walk in His Spirit. Agape love is love from God, and it's so different from so many others. It's sacrificial. It's selfless. He says, look, uh, 
even though I give all the things that I have and uh, to the poor, and if I don't have love, it's as nothing. It profits nothing. Love is selfless. He says, uh, "Love uh, suffers long." It, it, when you, the love of God is patient with us. Remember when the disciples came to Jesus and they said, uh, or the Pharisees came to Jesus and they said, my brothers offended me. How many times should I uh, forgive them? And and they said, uh, they quoted what was the traditional belief of seven times. They said, seven times? Is that how many times I'm supposed to forgive my brother? Jesus said seven times 70 says an innumerable amount of times uh, because the love of God is long-suffering. Aren't you glad God doesn't keep count of how many times He forgives us? Aren't you glad that God doesn't keep track of how many times that you sin and come to Him and say, God, I'm so sorry I, I sinned. God, forgive me. Aren't you glad He doesn't keep track? God's love is long-suffering. He continues to love us despite of ourselves. He says, not only that, it it doesn't envy other. God's love doesn't envy. It's not vaulting itself up. uh, God's love doesn't seek to promote itself, doesn't care whether or not Excuse me. God's love is able to work in someone else's life in a way that you want to have in your life. God blesses some of us with the tremendous ability to stand and and speak in front of others. God's love uh, provides the gift of some to stand up and to sing beautifully. And and, uh, God's love provides the ability of others to take... Uh, things that they see and and to paint and be so creative and and show the beauty of God's creation in their work of art and God allows some to be able to to sculpt and God allows others to to have other gifts to do all kinds of different things and God's love appreciates what God does in our life doesn't envy someone else's gift He's pointing straight back in their faces and say, look, you can't envy someone because they're able to speak in tongues. You're not supposed to... God's love doesn't allow you to to have that kind of envy in someone else's life. God's love doesn't promote themselves and puff themselves up, pat themselves on the back because they can do something that someone else can't. says God's love... Doesn't behave itself unseemly. Doesn't seek their own. Doesn't provoke others to evil. God's love is not only selfless in that it God God's love promotes us to, to care about others, but God's love is not the tainted love of this world. The world, the world's love, oh, they they want to indulge in worldly sinful behavior. The world's love wants to provoke others to to anger, to evil, to iniquity. 
Instead, God's love rejoices in the truth. It bears all things and believes all things and hopes all things and endures all things. Love never fails. It never fails. He says, you know, the things of this world will pass away. When Christ returns... There'll be no more need for prophecy. There'll be no more need for speaking in tongues. There'll be no more need for all of these different things, but God's love will continue on. God's love will endure. God's love will persevere. And that's the love that we need to have in our life. Not the love of this world, not the the desire to have other spiritual gifts, the things that we need to understand is is that none of our gifts of the Spirit will accomplish anything for the body of Christ without the Spirit and His fruit being evident in our life. Love. With that love comes joy. With that joy comes peace. With that peace comes gentleness and goodness and faithfulness. All those things are more evidence of the presence of God in our life than anything that we can do. And so the more more important thing is, is that we demonstrate the love of God. God's love. Uh, today is a, is a great day for us to think about love, but not necessarily the love of this world. Not the love that men value, not the love that is here today and someday will slip away, but rather the love of God. God's love and the evidence of God's love within our life. That's the great... Uh, What's, what's greater? Love you might have in a relationship with somebody or the love that you have with God that God demonstrates to you and giving of His Son that sacrificial love of giving His all that He might redeem you and redeem the rest of the world. Which is greater? A box of of chocolates in a heart-shaped box or God giving His all for you. God's love is so much greater. If we can show that love to others, we truly understand what love is. Let's pray.